Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Wow. How awesome it is to be a part of a living, breathing organism called the church. He said to be fruitful and to multiply. That's part of the plan of God, is to bear fruit and to show forth his glory. So I I encourage you, you know, if you're relatively new here, you know, get connected, you know, plug into a home group, come and meet some of us. Um, and, uh, and just, that's really where I started growing. That's when I started going to a home group, honestly, and started relationally to connect. I didn't learn how to pray by reading a book on prayer, even though I did read some books on prayer. You know, I learned how to pray because I watched other guys who had gone before me pray and I just did what they did. I mean, so, so you need, there's called proximity. It's called be near. And, uh, so we are, we are excited. Um, like Pastor Paris said, um, I am, well, I guess technically starting today, so to speak. So, uh, so, uh, for those of you that are relatively new here, uh, I'm not new here. Um, I'm Pastor Chris, um, my wife, Brandy, you'll get to see her around as well. And, um, we, I, she was here. She got picked up on a youth bus back in, uh, when we were located on, uh, on West Napoleon over there. And we were called Victory Assembly at that time. And, uh, so that's where she first got saved. And, um, and then I, I was honestly, I got saved at a Baptist church. I was raised Catholic, got saved at a Baptist church, and then found my way here because, quite frankly, uh, she was in my uh, high school, and I was like, I'll, I think I like that girl. And um, so I think I'm going to go over there. And, um, and the rest is history. I, I got um, more than, I got Jesus plus. I got Jesus, I got the Holy Ghost, and I got a wife. Thank you, Lord. Um, so you should tell all your young adult single friends that... Uh, that they should come to church and, uh, and love the Lord, and uh, you'll never know what you get. Thank you, Lord. I'll just, that, that's good. Uh, the other thing, and, and then uh, we did, my wife and I did children's ministry for 12 years plus here, um, youth ministry for a while, and uh, men's ministry, women for a while. Also, um, you know, went to Bible school here, actually, Victory Assembly School of Ministry, what it was called. It's Bethesda now. And, um, and then obviously I've been civil engineer as well. And then we went and pastored on the North shore and then, um, we came back over here. So by golly, we're just going to go with the flow. And, uh, so thank you, Jesus. So I look forward to great days ahead. So if you have your Bibles, you can open it up to Matthew chapter six, because God wants us to be a people of prayer and a people of faith. Cause actually, if you want to pray, which God wants us to pray, um, that we want to be a people of faith because there's, I don't know about you, but I've prayed before and felt like my, my words were bouncing off the ceiling. But, but God, you know, he wants us to know that, that when we call upon his name and when we, when we begin to pray, that he actually hears us. And so Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, actually gives us a pattern of prayer, if you will. Not, not necessarily a, a thing to be repeated all the time, because I grew up in a church, actually, that we memorized the, the Lord's Prayer and we repeated it, especially if we had done something bad. You had to say 10 of these, plus a few extra little side prayers. And uh, nothing, long, nothing wrong with scripture memorization or even reciting it as a prayer, but it's really not meant to be just recited, but it's meant to be embraced as a reality. And that's what I want to look at briefly this morning. In one particular part of Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so we see in this little prayer here that Jesus has given us an example that we can go to God, not as somebody that we're not related to, but somebody that we have relationship to. We become a child of the living God and we can call upon our Father who's in heaven, that we have a loving dad who is ours. Now, not everybody can call upon him as our father. Now, God has created everyone, and so from that perspective, God is, is your creator, but you've got to take that relationship, that connection to a whole personal level, and make him your father. And that's what we want to encourage folks to do, is you need to connect to him and recognize him as your father through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, we call upon our father who's in heaven, that all the resources of heaven are available to him. Now, why am I starting with something so basic is that, you know what, if I'm going to pray in faith, I have to honestly believe that somebody actually cares about me and wants to actually answer the prayers of his children. And so Jesus is telling me I need to start by acknowledging him as my father, as somebody who loves me and cares for me and wants to give good gifts to me. Like it says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variance or shadow of turning. Your father who's in heaven loves you and does indeed. It's not a Christian cliche. It's scripture has a good plan for your life. So he goes on. Jesus goes on and he says, hallowed be your name. Holy, separate, sanctified, set apart is your name. Now, what in the world, what does that mean? Separate, holy, hallowed be your name. That word hallowed, sometimes you get get to all these weird, uh, cryptic-looking, you know, castle-like images with, with um, you know, uh, cobwebs and everything else with hallowed, and um, I get flashbacks from when I was growing up in a church, but nonetheless, what is hallowed and, and, and uh, hallowed be your name? What exactly does that mean? And uh, does it mean that we're to, we're, to, we're to sanctify the name, like the letters, and, and, and put it up on a sign that says, you know, Jesus in giant neon flashing lights? There's nothing, nothing special about the words. As a matter of fact, we even, we even look at the, the, the Hebrews in the Old Testament. You know what they did? They had such a fetish with the actual name of God. They, they took Yahweh. It was so holy to them that they couldn't even say it. And, 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 and Adonai, and they made this non-word called Jehovah. They took the consonants from one and the vowels of another, and they, and they put them together and mixed, mixed it up and came up with this non-word that we know as Jehovah. Now, that's not what we're talking about, hallowed be your name. You, there's, that there's something like a magic formula, abracadabra, poof. That's not what we're talking about, hallowed be your name, but we're looking really about his character, his attributes, our God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. How awesome is your name? How wonderful. I loved uh, Pastor Paris was talking about, his, the, think about the adjectives associated with his name, with who he is, that he is wonderful, that he's the mighty God, that he is our healer, that he is our savior. That, and, and so instead of me being problem conscious... I become God aware. And I begin to step into, quite frankly, his very presence. I begin to hallow his name. I begin to honor his name. Instead of being consumed with the drama du jour and all the lack and all the whatever that's hitting the fan, I am stepping in to the awareness of God. 
And so that when I, then I begin to pray and I'm not worried, is he gonna come through? Because I'm all aware that God is right here. He's closer than the air that I breathe. Our Father who's in heaven, there's no lack in heaven. I have everything that I need. So I'm talking about stepping into not just a church experience on Sunday morning, but something that we do on a regular basis. I get up in the morning. Because God's called us to pray what? Without ceasing. It's not something I go check in on a Sunday mo- or, or, or during a weekday in my private devotional time, although I do, and I run out there and I, I pray. But I'm talking about praying throughout the day. I'm praying when I'm in my car. I'm relating to God when I'm having lunch. I'm relating to God when I'm on the job. I'm relating to God at night. I'm relating to God all throughout the day, hollowing his name. Lord, I love you. I thank you that you are a God of love. And so I step into who he is. Now, an example we see in in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 30, we see that uh, the name of David was actually um, becoming highly esteemed over Saul. As a matter of fact, that's what started getting a little trouble. He started to get pursued by Saul at that point. You can see it here. Then the princes, this is 1 Samuel 18, 30. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war, and so it was, wherever they went out, that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. Point being is that he began to have a good name. You've heard that said before, right? Oh, so-and-so has a good name. What does that mean? That you like, say your name is John. Well, maybe that's nice, God's beloved son. That's nice. But, but there's plenty of Johns out there that aren't serving the Lord and, and may not be God's beloved son. So, so it's not necessarily the letters in the name, but it's the person's reputation. And here's the good news for each one of us today. Our God has a good and a perfect and complete reputation. The challenge that we have is that we forget or we don't even know. So I'm not asking this morning that question of, you know, hey, have you been born again? If you died today, did you go to heaven? I probably will ask that question, and it's a good question. But the question, I'll rephrase it another way you could say it, is do you really know him? Have you really found out who our God is yet? Because if you really find out, not not what you think he is, because sometimes who we think he is is not who he is at all. It is if it lines up with the word of God. And so my prayer, and that's really what we're called to do throughout our Christian experience, is to have another layer peeled back off of our eyes that we might see more clearly who he really is, that we can step into the place of faith and honestly believe him and serve him in more completeness and really give him the honor and the glory that's due his name. Because you're only going to praise something that you think is worthy. I'm going to say that again because there's some deep revelation there. You're only going to praise him if you think he's worthy. Our praise is weak because our revelation is weak. Our giving is weak because our revelation is weak. Our faithfulness to the church, our faithfulness to our family is weak sometimes because our awareness of who God is is weak. So we must learn how to hollow his name. We must begin. And it it, it has to come off your lips. It comes as a revelation of putting myself in a position like a church service, like a small group, like actually cracking the book and starting to read and get who he is in front of my very eyes that it might begin to penetrate my soul soul. Glory to God. And it changes who we are. 
And all of a sudden, instead of cowering down in fear, I'm beginning to walk as a man or a woman of God. And I'm beginning to honor him with my life. And I'll be changed as a result of who he is. It's, this is not a self-helps improvement program here at the church. It is a get-to-know-God program and watch-and-see-what-the-Lord-does-in-our-life program. Another example in Exodus chapter 34, 5 through 7, to drive this little point home. This is Moses. It says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Who did? Not Moses. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name. What does that mean? Do you think he said, Lord, 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 Lord? Or Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Verse 6 explains actually what, what he said. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, in quotation marks, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering. That means patient, oftentimes. Abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So what's happening? God is proclaiming himself there to Moses, and he's describing himself as Lord. He's describing himself as God, as merciful, as gracious, as patient as holy and just, as forgiving, that's who our God is. And he wants, he is constantly proclaiming himself to you and I through creation. He's proclaiming himself through our brothers and sisters in the church. He's proclaiming himself through the word of God and even through the preached word of God. My friends, let your ears be opened. Let there be a little rotor rooter in your spiritual ears that you might hear just a little bit clearer this day, that you would see how awesome and faithful our God is, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, rescued, totally set free. And then one, another example, John 17, the master, Jesus. Look what he says. I have manifested, what, your name to the men whom you've given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Jesus is saying to the Father, because he's praying right now for his disciples and for the believers in John 17, he says, I have manifested your name. Obviously, and I know I'm probably beating a dead horse, he's not wearing a giant shirt that says Yahweh. What is he doing? He is manifesting who the Father is. The Father is loving. He's caring. He's healing. He's interested in people's lives. He's he's meeting with sinners to show forth the love of God and the mercy. He's healing the woman, you know, of of, of prostitution and, and, and other people all around the cities, touching people. He was being moved with compassion. That's our Father. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. So God is interested in manifesting his name on the earth. It can be said in all, he wants to fill the earth with his glory. In filling his earth with, with the glory, what's he doing? He's proclaiming his name. He's filling the earth with a revelation of who he is. That's what Feed the Multitudes is about. It is proclaiming the name of the Lord in this community. Do you understand the ripple effect that is taking place? I mean, I don't even know. I I can't comprehend it. I don't even know the full effect of it. But that little WWL little ad 
Word is getting out that his name is being proclaimed. People may not understand, they may not comprehend it all, but there is seed that is being sown. And there is at some point in time going to be a mighty harvest throughout this community because of the seeds that are sown through feed the multitudes as well as for beyond the grave. Supernatural, proclaiming the name of the Lord. Look at Isaiah 9 through 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. One more time, what's happening? The scripture is declaring, is showing forth who our God is, that he is wonderful, that he is your counselor. Now listen, I get it. This is, you might say, well, that's theory, Pastor Chris. I got it. It's written down. It's book knowledge, etc. And I'm not giving you this information for the sake of you winning Bible Jeopardy or something. I'm giving you this because if it, when, when, when it hits the fan in your life, that you must know that he is the Prince of Peace, that you must know that he is the Everlasting Father. When some, some bad news comes knocking on the door, that he, has all, that he is wisdom, that he is the Counselor, that he is for you and not against you, my friends. So we step into who he is. We step into his namesake. We step into his goodness, into his glory, and we begin to assume some of those attributes, and we become like him. God, listen, just like Jesus said in John 17, I came to manifest uh, his name. You and I are called now, once we get filled with his name, to manifest his name in our community, in our sphere of influence, on the job site, in your schools. My friends, we're called to manifest who he is. Psalm 34, 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what we're coming together every Sunday, every Wednesday. By the way, Pastor Frank will be here tonight. You need to come back for service tonight. He'll be back. He's going to be raring to preach here. Have a little victory fellowship, pent up preaching. Amen. It'll be awesome. What else are we going to read? Now, what happens when you begin to do this? Look at Psalm 9, verse 10. Now, I'm giving you, I know I'm giving you a bunch of scripture because really it's important. <laughs> like the scripture is really important. That's the only way you and I can make it is his word and his spirit. Psalm 9, 10. And those who know your name will do what? will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who forsake you. So what's the result of hallowing his name? I'm going to know him, and I'm going to put my trust in him. And I'm going to be praying in faith. I'm going to be walking in faith instead of being defeated all the time in my mind. It doesn't mean your circumstances change right away sometimes. Sometimes the miracle happens right away. Other times you've got to walk through it. But while I'm walking through it, I'm going to be aware that, oh, his name has gone before me. And that he is faithful. A few more scriptures. Psalm 7, verse 17. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. 
Psalm 69, verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. God, my friends, has called us to magnify his name, to exalt his name, to praise his name. What does that look like? Listen, prayer time for you in the morning. There's no magic formula. If you want to know how to jumpstart your prayer life, just open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 6 and start with our Father. And acknowledge him. You can camp out there all morning. Our Father. Then you get hallowed be your name. Find yourself a little Names of God book. And Lord, you are, you are my righteousness, Lord. You are Jehovah Makedesh, Lord. You are, Lord, you are you're Jehovah Rapha. Lord, you are my healer. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're the Messiah. Lord, you're my Savior. Lord, you're my rescuer. Lord, you can, Lord you're Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. And what am I doing? I am reminding myself who God is. Because I'm dense. I forget. I get clouded in my mind. I'm a slow learner. If you go down my street over there, they got a sign. It says, slow children at play. That's me. Notice there's no comma on there. Slow, comma, children at play. Now, I'm the kid that's running. Slow children at play. You can take that if you want. But what is the deal? I must come to know who he is. I must, through experience, calling upon his name. Lord, what? I don't understand, but Lord, I know that you're faithful. I don't get it. I don't know why this is happening. But you said in your word, Lord, that you are my healer and that you are there for me. And that, um, I, that you, you're, you're, you stick closer than any brother. And that you are my friend. Whoo! You need to remind yourself. If you've got to write it down on index cards, print them out off the computer, whatever it does, and stick them in your pocket, that's what I did when I first started. I'd write them down in index cards. This is before probably we had printers and stuff on the computers and all. So you just stick them in your pocket. Now it's in your phone. You put them in your pocket, and I'd be wherever I'd go on a, at a red light. I'd pull it out, and I'd just read it. Why? Because I would be angry or I'd be something else and I'd be finding what the scripture said about my situation. And it would begin to reprogram, renew my mind about who God is and really who has created me to be. Amen. In case you're wondering about forgetting or not remembering, Psalm 20 verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. So God wants us to remember, but you can't forget it. You can't forget. I know we're going to forget it by the time you get to the parking lot edge because somebody's going to cut you off and all of a sudden you'll be like, what did they talk about at church this morning? I don't know. I forgot already. That's why you get the CD. That's how I lived. If you want to know, you want to say, how did you live for 12 years going? Uh, you didn't go to Sunday morning service? No, I went to, we were in daily meetings in some cases, so I'd go to a bunch of others. But my wife and I were doing children's service. And so you might, well, where, what was going on with you, Pastor Chris? Well, we were, doing, we, were, we were actually mimicking whatever Pastor Frank was doing over here, praying, playing music, worshiping, laying hands on people, etc. But I would get, that time it was the tapes. So we'd get the tapes, and I would ride to work every single day because I, I was only part-time at that time. I'd ride to my job every day. I had that tape playing the whole time. And I, I must have listened to the Sunday morning service probably five times during that entire week. I got that inside of me. 
So I'll even end up sometimes sounding like Pastor Frank. Why? Not because I purposely studied his way of doing it or whatever, but just because it was programmed in my head and into my spirit being by having those little tapes playing all the time. Because I promise you, if I'm not having something godly put in my head, I'm having something not godly put in my head. So I have to be aggressive and be sticking the word of God in my head, be it the preached word or the read word or what have you, and have it saturate my very being. John 20, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life. What? In his name. There's life available for you in his name. Psalm 124, verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Our help is in his name. Whatever help you need, mental health, physical help. Listen, I have limited resources, but our God in heaven has unlimited resources. Our help is in his name. Psalm 86, verse 12. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. God wants us to step in and begin to glorify his name. Psalm 33, verse 21, for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his name. When I begin to trust in his name, I get the joy. Woo! You want to know what the cure is for depression, anxiety, and frustration? Hallowed be your name. Oh, glory to your name. You're awesome, God. Lord, I don't feel like laughing, Lord. Quite frankly, I feel like crying. Lord Jesus, but you are alive, and you fought the battle. You've won for me, and you are here with me right now. I'm not alone. I haven't been left as an orphan, but you sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will be with me and be in me and on me, and I have the power that I need to witness. I have the power that I need to live a life that is holy unto you, O God. Glory to God. Now, Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Our God, Jesus, has been given a name above every name. It's the name above cancer. It's the name above depression. It's the name above anxiety or stress attacks. I don't care what you want to call it. It's the name above uh, relationship challenges. I'll put it that way. God's name shall be exalted on the earth today. Call upon his name, you shall be rescued. Call upon his name, and he shall be there for you and inside of you. Now, now, we are called to proclaim his name. You, you know, we communicate, we've communicated things throughout the life of Victory Fellowship in different ways. You know, in times past, Pastor Frank was very clear about what our, our, our vision, we'd have a vision statement or a mission statement, and, and we don't maybe speak like that these days. But you want to know if the vision or what the mission statement is? It's the same as it was, whatever, 35 years ago when we started And I can sum it up in three words for you. Some of the leaders already heard me tell you this. And that is, in in, in the early 90s, when we did a recording uh, with Integrity Music, the name of that little tape or that production was called Take This City. The vision is the same. We're going to take our city for Jesus Christ. 
That is the vision. Now, how do we do it? You look around what we're doing. It's the same. It's what, what we're doing is to line up with that right there. Feed the multitudes beyond the grave, small group ministry, bringing folks in for on buses, uh, you name it, a school. What are we doing? Influencing our community with the goodness and the name of our God. That, listen, we've got years ahead of us. We've got years, you hear what I'm saying, young people. There are fabulous, awesome years, and I'll point over here too in case there's some young over there. There are awesome years ahead of Victory Fellowship. Different seasons, different people, but the name of the Lord remains forever. His name will be exalted. The question is, will I enjoy the process and and be a part of the process of proclaiming his name to our community? It is obvious that the police department and and the rest of the the programs out there are not going to have success stemming violence in our city. You want to know what it is? It's going to be the message of the cross, the message of the resurrection, and the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the only thing that's going to change our city and affect the hearts of people. We must rise up. We must run. We must, whether you're 80 or you're 10, rise up with the message of hope and actually declare it to those that are around. Now, let me tell you, this right here, people think, well, I can only proclaim his name if I get my hands on the microphone. You may have opportunity at Feed the Multitudes or Beyond the Grave, but your influence is your job, all the different places that you interact, the marketplace. That is where his name must be proclaimed through your life and through reality. I come every Sunday morning, what am I going to do? I'm going to enter into his name. I'm going to enter into his glory. And so that I can be a carrier of his presence and a carrier of his name. Couple more verses and we'll close. Psalm 96 2. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from what? Day to day. Not month to month, not year to year. Proclaim it day to day. Every single day you got to wake up and remind yourself of his good name and begin to proclaim it. Enter it as soon as you leave that door and you begin to share it with anybody you run into. Some will take it, some won't, but we're called to proclaim it. Jeremiah 34, verse 15. And I felt like this too was for uh, Zach and Heather. Then you recently turned and did what was right in my sight, every man proclaiming liberty to his neighbor, and you made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. That there will be, there is a mark upon our church of his very name, his very tangible presence. And that our job is to proclaim that liberty is available to those in our community. That God has a plan for them to touch them, to bring them out of captivity and into the freedom of the Lord and the freedom that God has. First Chronicles 13, verse 6, and then we'll close. And David and all Israel went up to Bala, to Kirja Jerem, which belonged to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God the Lord who dwells between the cherubim, where his name is proclaimed. God's name is proclaimed in his presence, in his tangible presence. Between the cherubim, sitting on top of the ark, was where the presence of the Lord was. And what was being stated there is if you look at Revelation, it's actually probably the same exact thing. What? Oh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Oh, who lives and reigns forevermore. Hallelujah. Our God is alive. So there his name is being proclaimed in the very presence. 
that's what's going on when the band is playing, when Courtney or, or the other guys are singing. His name is being lifted up and exalted. That's what we're called to do, to acknowledge his name, to know who he is through personal experience. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.